Bailey. I am currently serving as the board president here at Eastridge. Um, and I'm going to be facilitating a little conversation today with some fellow members of the board. As we were thinking through Tom's sabbatical and preparing for this summer, we thought this would be a really good opportunity for you to get to know some of the members of the board and just for us to share our stories and our testimony because we all have a story and there's so much that we can learn from each other's stories. So um, I'm going to have everyone introduce themselves and tell us uh, how long you've been at Eastridge and if offered the opportunity, would you go to space? All right, it's changing up from the first service a little bit. You've got to keep you on your toes. <laughs> My name is Tiffany Elton, and uh, I've been at Eastridge for about eight years now. Um, I have a wonderful husband, Greg, who's around here, and uh, also a son, Samuel, um, that you'll see running around at times. Um, if I could go to space, I would love to go to space. That would be awesome. Good morning, everyone. My name is Mark. Uh, I have a wonderful fiance and three growing, fast-growing and athletic, fun boys. Uh, lived in Duluth all my life. I uh, love being able to call it home. Uh, attended Eastridge here about six, six years or so and had the privilege of now serving on the board since January. Uh, it's been great to see that side of, of the church and how, you know, the impacts we can make as a community here. Uh, as far as space, that would be the last thing I would ever want to do. Uh, <laughs> probably more so the people that would be with me. I... I can't really handle the Vista fleet, much less uh, thinking of a spaceship. So, I'd, uh, you know, intriguing idea, but probably not one I would be able to partake on. I'm Doug Command. My wife Emma's in the front row here. You can stand up and introduce yourself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she really would not do that. <laughs> we have two boys, James and William. Um, we've been coming here for five years. I think I worked that out. No? Ask her. She knows how long we've been coming here. Um, so both our boys were born during our time here too, and as far as space, I get a horrible longing watching any space TV show to go to space. It is one of my greatest dreams and also something I am forbidden from ever doing by my wife. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Well, if we need to plant a church on Mars, we know who to call. <laughs> So as we get started, I'm just going to read a, a quick verse from Hebrews this morning that, um, that I've been reflecting on this week as, as we think about sharing our stories. So from Hebrews 12, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. So we're going to start um, with each of you just sharing a little bit about your first impression of God and where your faith journey started. Let's start with you, Doug. Um, my first impression of God because of going to church with a family on Christmas and Easter only, and only because grandma and grandpa were up and we had to go to church and pretend we did that every week, um, was that God was more like Santa than anything else. Like knew what I did right, knew what I did wrong, and was going to dole out what I deserved accordingly. Um, it wasn't until being taught that it's about relationship and then growing closer to God that I realized, maybe he's more like the Easter bunny. Like, you're going to get an Easter basket. You can choose to receive it or not. My first impression, uh, again, was a little, little different. I, uh, I grew up in the church, and... You know, the words like comforter, reliable, faithful, and personable especially were 
things that I attribute to kind of the character of God is even at a young, young age, um, a lot of that was stemmed from the, both the word teaching and the dem- also the demonstration that both my parents, my older brothers, and close relatives uh, demonstrated before me. Uh, you know, in my mind, God was someone where you could really rely on that it was more than, you know, kind of paying a visit on a Sunday morning to, but kind of in, um, integrating into every, every part of your life the decisions that you make. Um, you know, my older brother spent a lot of his youth going on short-term missions, so it became a very practical, practical idea of not only could we communicate to God, but, you know, you know he would work in our lives. We could, you know, kind of a two-way two-way connection point, so I'm grateful for that. Uh, you know, it's continued to help me grow uh, since a young age in that, in that type of faith. And I, I also grew up in a Christian home. I um, was fortunate to do that and had a lot of people surrounding me, um, encouraging me in my faith. I think when I was younger, it was more of what what can you do to serve the church and and what can you do to please God. But as I've grown older, seeing how God shows up and how prayer, you know, um, really um, is our our language and our connection to God. And um, I guess as you as you see that bear fruits as you go forward, um, God becomes just a friend and. Um, has a presence in your life, so. That's great. Every faith journey, of course, has ups and downs and moments of doubt and moments of great faith. Would you share a time in your life that you had nothing else but God? You want to start, Doug? Um, So, yeah, like I said, I had that personal relationship as a kid, and then Actively, defiantly walked away from God. Never disbelieving, um, but never wanting that relationship for a long time. Uh, And, I mean, in college, I was on the dean's list for two years. And then that fell apart because I got into drugs. A lot of drugs. Um, And the one that I was most addicted to was an amphetamine called Adderall, which is something college students like to buy from their friends that are on the prescription. And at first it was, you know, to study my musical keys for the exam I had the next morning. Um, But then it just became fun. I felt like I had such control of the world around me when I was on that. My house was clean. I worked somehow more hours than existed in the day. but my life was falling apart in that. I felt great on this, but at the same time, I had a hole. Because the second, second that little pill was gone, I was horrible to other people. I was horrible to myself. I couldn't maintain any real adequate relationships. Um, and I knew better. I knew there was a better way to be, and there was a huge hole in my life. So at that point, I... Um, Dropped out of college is how I often say it, but I was put on academic suspension um, in one semester, from dean's list to academic suspension. Um, And I realized that a complete reset was a really good idea. So I left my college town. Um, I actually don't really talk to anybody from college because I didn't have any really good relationships in college. Um, Moved home and dove into my faith life at that point. What was it that made you think, 
faith is something I can go back on when you had kind of nothing left at that point? Because I'd had it before. Um, yeah, as a kid, I had grown in that personal relationship. You know, I had the, the Christmas Easter upbringing of going to church, but I had parents that always told me that I could go to God individually. Um, you know, I have a Catholic side of the family where it's confession to the priest in church, but my mother was raised Lutheran. Um, she became Catholic so that she was allowed to marry my dad. <laughs> um, but being able to go directly to God, knowing I had the, that direct line, I had built a relationship already that I chose to walk away from because I had this idea that I was never going to be good enough, and so forget you. If I'm never going to be good enough for you, forget you. And um, in college, my freshman year of college, I came home for Thanksgiving break, and my parents... And I kind of shared what was going on in my life with my parents. And my mom said, hey, I've been wanting to check this new church out. Do you want to go with me? And we did. And I think that's the first time I actually heard the gospel. Was that, you're right. You are not good enough. But God loves you nonetheless. Um, there's nothing you can make him do to love you less. Nothing you can do to make him love you more because his love is complete. Um, and with that knowledge combined with the relationship I had had in the past, I knew that my faith was something that I needed and could go back to. Praise God, that's awesome. Mark, how about you? Yeah, in, in my faith journey, like I said, it started off with a lot of you know, great teaching, biblical uh, learning as a child and even through youth. And honestly, a lot of middle school, high school, things were very smooth um, socially and having close family, friends all around. I, my faith was building in, in a knowledge sense, uh, but there weren't a lot of those major obstacles that I faced. <clears throat> and then after kind of moving out and going on to college and kind of starting that adult life, in some ways it felt like a little bit of a switch went on where it's like, okay, here's, here's a real testing of your faith now. You know, you've kind of been brought up and learned, and now all of a sudden here's these, whether it's a job loss or relationship you know, concerns or health, health concerns, health issues, you know, kind of one at a time, but... There was all these, you know, more real-life pressures of thinking, like, what are, where am I going to go with this now? Um, and I knew enough that, you know, God was certainly somebody that you could call on and, as an answer. I, I always had a very strong uh, family community, friend community, but there's sometimes those, those points in life or those experiences that, you know, require that ultimate peace, of, peace that God brings. You know, there's a lot of mystery out there and unknown of the future, where things are going to come go, uh, that you really ultimately have to just rely on God, uh, and then through that, and I, one thing I've learned, both from experience and just studying in God's Word is, especially in the Old Testament, he really, he was a very active God, whether it was through the Israelites and these, you know, um, these, this conquering power, but I feel like I experienced the, the real power of God, in addition to having a, having a community, or communication with God, and being able to tell him as a close friend, you know, these are my concerns, these are the things I'm grateful for, here's the celebrations in life, but um, I, I really saw God take an active role in, uh, in providing and helping me get through those kind of mountain experiences that seemed, in some cases, too high to overcome. Um, one sort of simple verse in Deuteronomy that I come to, or that I would cling to, and there's similar verses throughout, it says, in chapter 3, verse 22, it says, You shall not fear them, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you. And on the surface, it's, it's quick, it's simple, but seeing that difference between God as sort of somebody out there and somebody that you can have this contact with and that you see others 
uh, to truly experience that and kind of see God working actively in my life is what sort of got me through a lot of those uh, really difficult challenges when he's really the only one. But, you know, time after time, seeing that faith, you know, my faith has grown over those experiences and over that um, continued reliability and faithfulness that God has shown. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that. So Tiffany, tell me about a time when when you had nothing left but God. Yeah, um, well, I'll go back a ways um, to when I was a child. Uh, I was about 12 years old. Um, Just to give a little context, I I grew up doing a lot of fishing and on Lake Superior. Um, My dad would uh, take take us on all sorts of adventures. And... um, I really admired my dad and trusted him and felt safe around him. I I felt that he could solve almost any problem because I saw him do it over and over again uh, in my childhood. Um, There was one day when we were were boating from Port Wing back to Duluth and and the waves came up on Lake Superior and, and they got larger and larger, and um, pretty soon the waves were about 10 to 12 feet, and um, we didn't have that large of a boat, and uh, so, of course, the first time I had experienced being in the trough of a wave where all you can see on both directions is water, and then when you get to the crest of the wave, um, the boat is on top, and you feel like it's going to tumble down the side of the wave. Um, well, thank goodness we were, we were doing okay. My dad, when I looked at him, he seemed like he had things under control. Um, but then um, our motor went out. And, you know, you really can't steer the boat that well when, when the motor goes out. Um, but thank goodness we had a 10-horse motor that was, about, uh, that was built in about 1950. So we revved that up, and I thought, okay, well, he seems like he has things under control. Um, but uh, slowly, I started to realize that this isn't working, and and he tried to keep his composure. And um, meanwhile, you know, um, it was getting rougher and rougher. And um, and so that was the time, or the first time in my you know childhood, being about 12 years old, recognizing that really my earthly father, you know, really needed help. And um, and I found myself pleading to God for the very first time that, you know, I just, God, if, if you are real, if you, <laughs> if you really are all these things that I've seen and, and heard of, I need you today. And um, so God did show up that day in the form of the Coast Guard, and <laughs> we did make it home. And, but it was, I think, one of the first steps in my faith journey and understanding the, the strength of God and how he shows up. We are very glad that you made it. <laughs> I cannot imagine that situation. So, so the, the, our motto here at Eastridge, uh, one of them at least, is no perfect people allowed. You'll see that on volunteers' t-shirts and everything. So um, what are some ways that you are still working as we run this race? Well, what are the things that you're working on in your faith life? Tiffany, why don't you share first? Sure. I, I think I, I always um, strive to get into the Word as much as possible. I'd love to get into the Word more. Um, 
I also, um, you know, struggle with, you know, sharing my faith openly. And um, hence, I'm right here. <laughs> but I, it's something that I think I need to work on, sharing my story and, and hopefully bringing that to other people. I think for me recently, I've, I've kind of fought between this idea of I really want to be content in life, but I also still have these ambitions and goals that I want to reach, whether it's as a family, as in a career, uh, you know, <laughs> fixing things around the house, whatever, you know, practical or long-range goals they might be. And I, and I feel like I've had this sense of, cont- you know, to be content, it's kind of this lack of wanting anything more or growing or changing. You've got to be okay with kind of exactly where things are at right now. And so I wrestle, and I think there's passages in the scripture that talk both about, you know, how important it is to be content with what God's given, where things are at, but also this, um, this idea that it's important also to take what God's given you, you know, invest it properly, to use it, to, you know, use these gifts or skills that God's provided, you know, to the fullest ability to. So kind of wrestle with this idea of, like, how do you balance it between those two things? And, uh, you know, I, re- I recently listened to a message that kind of helped change that perspective a little bit, rather than thinking of those two as mutually exclusive, that content isn't so much about what you have or don't have, but more about who you know in in Christ. And if, if we can be content knowing that God is our provider, God is ultimately the one who's going to oversee us in our survival, in our putting our, placing our value in who we are, rather than having that piece also be reliant on whatever I do, you know, I need to do this or else my family's going to struggle or I got to get, you know, further along or do these certain things in order to make, give myself value. So it, it's kind of a shift in that mindsetting of I can be content knowing who God is and who God is for, for me, for my family, and, and also then having the freedom then to continue with these ambitious ideas and goals. Because I, I think that mind shift for me, and I'm still kind of working through it, is it provides a little bit of more freedom and, um, you know, it's okay to have goals and ambitions, and I think that's important and something that we have. But rather than shifting the focus and the pressure on myself, I can look outward, think about how I can, how I can serve others, how I can... Uh, you know, be a blessing in other ways, how I can, you know, be more of a resource to the community rather than just doing it internally sort of in a selfish motive to give, my, give myself value, give myself, you know, the survival mentality. So, um, and again, there's different scriptures and I think they complement each other well, but they, they're two things that I've kind of wrestled back and forth with a little bit that, you know, hopefully making progress on and hopefully, you know, those two things can both be, um, you know, something, an area that I grow in and learn more about. I think a, a current struggle, I think I'm going to call it, is prioritizing being in the Word and being in that relationship with God. Um, having a three-year-old and a one-year-old <laughs> um, is a lot. Uh, there's a lot of therapies for my oldest that we're going to all the time, balancing that with work and trying to have a clean house once in a while, mowing along. It's just... All of a sudden, I decided that being in the Word and and spending time in prayer was going to take a back seat for a minute. Um, And that just was a backslide for me. So that's that's what I'm working on right now. Something that is a current struggle for me um, is to continue to grow my faith in that way. Yeah, I think a lot of people can probably relate to everything that was shared here. So I love this question. Where is one place that you've really seen God lately? 
whoever wants to go I can first start, this I can start time. this time. Uh, I think one area I'd call it is sort of filling in the parenting gaps uh, that I feel like I lack or maybe I'm not qualified for. You know, as much time and training and uh, effort as I put into being the best dad that I can be for my kids, there are certain things that I'm just not as strong at. Um, so in addition to the, taking that active role, you know, the, the prayer aspect has a critical part, and thankfully, you know, I have parents and other family that are also praying for me and my kids, and it's, it's neat to see how, um, like in my own children's lives, how they develop and have grown, you know, even in areas that I feel like, you know, I haven't been able to teach them or I haven't been able to provide that so well. Uh, but seeing how God can really, you know, take that on himself and that he's kind of a, more than a partner with us, but really in control of those things. Uh, you know, just as a quick story inside, my, both um, my older two boys have gone to Bible camp this last year, and I don't know, it's just really neat to see their, their faith growing. This past week, they both asked me about being baptized in the church and, you know, what is that about, and I want to do it, and, um, you know, seeing their faith grow. And sometimes I, I'm just kind of taken back and surprised by, you know, I feel like I put a little effort in along with, you know, praying and relying on God, and then you see... You know, some really great things that it's obvious that God has a strong hand in. So that's been exciting for me. Um, for me, I've been reflecting on adoption over the last week. Um, as many people know, we have a, a son who was adopted from Korea. And um, I had the opportunity to spend the last week at Korean um, culture camp. And so... Um, it was really a blessing to watch all of these children um, that either come from Korean heritage or are adopted from Korea and um, just learn about adoption stories. Um, also learn about um, heritage and, um, and culture. And so, you know, I can't help but think of the biblical stories and the characters and how God uses adoption to tell so many stories through the Bible. You know, you have Moses, you have, uh, you know, you have Samuel, you have um, uh, Esther, and you also have Jesus. All have amazing adoption stories, and and us being adopted into God's family and just what that means, the love of the parents, how the parents pursue the children. You know, there's just so much reflection on how God really um, adopts us all into his family and also how he works through adoption um, in the lives of, of many. So uh, just uh, uh, that's what I've been reflecting on and, and just, you know, feeling loved and I just... God is good. That's all. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Doug? I'm with Mark on parent, where my parenting can fall short. Um, I've had some incredible examples of great parenting in my life, too, <laughs> that I think I often fall short of as well. Um, my parents, of course, and then uh, my father-in-law was an amazing father. He passed in November, and to see the impact that he had on everybody around him, it was so far beyond just his family. It was incredible. Um, and I mean, he's had a huge impact on me as well. Um, and lately, I think those relationships 
and seeing the surrender to God in those relationships that, that helped form them into who they are has been a huge way that God has shown up for me as he's revealing that to me because God is faithful every time you turn around back to him. When you face him, he shows up. Um, and even if I'm not in the word as much as I used to be, the second I turn to God, I still have that relationship and that direct line, and he will teach me and grow me. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. Thank you all so much for sharing. It takes a lot of courage to get up here and share your stories, um, and we, we really appreciate it. So I'll just close in prayer. Lord, thank you for these people, for the members of the board, and for this entire congregation. Um, thank you that they were willing to share their stories. Thank you that you are present in all of their stories. Lord, I pray that as they shared, some of it touched everyone in this audience. And Lord, would you continue to use our stories, each of our stories, to further your message and to make this world a better place to make heaven more crowded. May you continue to use Eastridge in that way.